welcome to the Redeemer Students Podcast. My name is JT Stead and I'm your host. I'm also the student and outreach pastor here at Redeemer Church. And our student ministries exist to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Our whole goal is to come alongside parents and helping their kids follow Jesus Christ. And so what you're about to listen to is a sermon that was preached on our Wednesday night gathering from 6.30 to 8.30. And as you listen, I pray that you are encouraged and that you would be conformed more and more to the image of Jesus Christ as we behold Him in His glory. So thank you for tuning in and enjoy. I'm going to be taking a break from Ephesians. Gabe ended in Ephesians 6, 1 through 9. And in the summer, we're going to pick up Ephesians 6, 10 through the rest of Ephesians, which is all about spiritual warfare. And so we're going to be doing that in the summer. And so what I wanted to do in this sermon, on the last sermon before we go into summer, is to preach to you a message called Making the Most of Your Summer. Making the Most of Your Summer. I love summers in the Midwest, and I'm from Southern California, and I, I, I do love them out here. I love them in California, but there's something special about Midwest summers. And I find it so interesting that so many of us complain about the harsh winters, and then when we get this glorious weather in the summer, everyone just takes off on vacation. You know, they're like, I'm leaving Illinois, you know? I'm going to go to other places. It's like, this is the best time. You want to leave. Me and my wife always plan a vacation around March, February time. Because that's when you that's when you want to get out of here. Like, please, I need a break, right? But I love summers in Rockford. When I think of summers in Rockford, what I, what comes to mind is the Kishwaukee River on a ninety degree day, floating next to Rockford's finest. Some bloke that you've never seen with a cigarette and a bush light in their hand. You're like, this is the life, man. <laughs> You're like, this, is this safe? And there's one part in the Kishwaukee float where you come under like the electrical currents. Have you ever done that? And it's like, you can hear it. Like, that thing breaks right now. I am dead. I will die. Um, along with all the other dead things floating underneath us. I love floating the Kishwaukee River. We should definitely do that this summer. Let's get a king-size mattress and let's wrestle on it, guys. Let's do King of the Hill in the river. That'd be amazing. I love summers. It gets excited. It's like every good country song is about the summer, right? It's like, it just is. All your memories. It's filled with memories. There's times to relax, times with friends, times with family. But summers can also be wasted. The lack of structure, the lack of structure lends itself often for young people to laziness, to idleness. You guys do well with structure, remove structure, and you guys fall apart. We fall apart. There's a lot of times spiritual decline because of that. It's like I have all this free time to get in the Word or to attend my soul, but yet for some reason I don't do it. I'm speaking out of experience. We make bad decisions when we're idle. You could waste an entire summer trying to be in a relationship when you could be making memories with your friends. I've wasted summers doing that. 
The world, the flesh, and the devil love to capitalize on free time when you get it, either by doing one of two things that I see a lot of the times, and this is what I'm trying to protect myself this summer as well, either filling your schedules packed full with things to do every single day, meaning you say yes to everything and everyone constantly. It's just like, go, 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 and then summer's over. The devil's like, yes, I distracted them. Or second, use your free time in order to pursue any craving you have, entertainment, you're sleeping a ton, just being idle. Proverbs 24, 30 through 34 says, I passed by the field of the sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles. Have you ever, anyone fallen into nettles before? They're like, it's, it's very painful. It's itchy and it hurts. And its stone wall has been broken down. This is the lazy man. Then I saw and I considered it. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep. This is what I learned. A little sleep and a little slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber. And want like an armed man. I think it's a really good picture of what the devil tries to do in our flesh and the world tries to do with our summers. Is we become, we become idle and then sin and, and patterns of, of just bad patterns begin to overgrow us. Thorns and thistles and nettles begin to be overgrown. It's like a yard that's covered in weeds, right? It, weeds is a good picture of sin. As we're being idle. Or a wall has been broken down, so you're vulnerable to the enemy. So, with that, we all recognize the problem. You're like, I don't want to waste my summer. I want to make the most of my summer, right? I think you're there with me. Right? You want to make the most of your summer? Yeah, me too. So I want to encourage you in how you can do that, okay? And I have one primary point and three applications from that, okay? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. How can you make the most of your summer? Or even the most of your life? This, this point. Hits on that. 1 Corinthians 15. You want to make the most of your summer? You must daily remember the gospel. You must daily remember the gospel. That is my main point. And some of you might, in the back of your head, be like, ah, I've heard this so many times. This is the ABCs of the Christian life. If that's you, then you need to hear this more than anyone else. You need to remember the gospel. Let's read 1 Corinthians 15. And I want to point out some things here. Paul says, Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel, the good news that I preached to you, which you received from me, and in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold Fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Unless 
you forget the gospel. What is the gospel? Verse three, for I deliver to you as of first importance, not second importance, not third importance, not fourth importance, the first priority, the preeminent thing, the first thing that's the, it's the most pressing thing that you need to know that I delivered to you. And what is it? It's what I've received, that Christ died for sins in accordance with the Old Testament scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Old Testament scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. I'll stop there. The gospel is of first importance. Uh, Of anything that Paul or the Holy Spirit can bring up what's pressing for this church, the most pressing thing is the good news of Jesus Christ. And what is the good news of Jesus Christ? It is the saving message to which the whole Bible points to. It is what Ephesians has been talking about. It is the plan of redemption for God to unite all things in heaven and earth in Christ Jesus. How? By the blood of Jesus Christ being spilt on the cross for sinners. That he died, was buried, and he rose again from the dead. Remember the gospel. Yeah, I've heard it. No, 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 no. You need to remember the gospel. (laughs) You need to relish in it. Is it of first importance? Some of you theologians, have you left and gone off to apologetics now? And you're, you're more about answering questions and not relishing in Christ. Those are good things. But have you left Christ for other things? Is the gospel the most pressing thing in your, in your life and in your heart every single day? The gospel is the saving message that the whole entire Bible is about, which is Christ Jesus, the promised Messiah, born of a virgin, lived in the law perfectly, obeyed the law unlike you and me, yet took the penalty of the law on the cross for you and me. Notice one thing about the gospel says, now I would remind you, he has to remind them. (laughs) They've forgotten. Verse one. I remind you of the gospel which I preached to you. And so do you need to be reminded? The answer is yes. We all need to be reminded every single day. (laughs) Why? Because we're prone to forget. But the second thing we see here is not only is the gospel of first importance, the saving message, but it's also the sanctifying message. It is the means by which you grow in the Christian life. You become more and more conformed to the image of Christ the more you look to the good news of God's grace that you have been saved from the wrath of God by the grace of Jesus Christ. And the only reason why you have salvation is because God gave you faith to trust in him. And he so lavished his grace and love upon you that he would save you and adopt you into his family. How does the gospel change us or sanctify us? Well, it humbles us, teaches us you contributed nothing to your salvation. It means that you can't earn your salvation. It's a humbling thing. All praise and glory to God. It also motivates us. It's like, if God would show his love for me, so much so, how could I not live for him? How could I not want to please him? 
to give him everything. Why, why would I even tempt the thought of going towards that sin or, or even think about it or fantasize it when that, that very sin is what nailed Jesus to the cross? It's a motivator to kill sin. It's a motivator to live a holy life. It changes us from the inside out. And which is why every single day the gospel isn't something for new or non-believers. You get it and then you move on. It is the everyday feast that you need. And so the application is this, this summer. You want your summer to thrive. You want to thrive during the summer. You need to learn how to preach to yourself the gospel every single day. What does that look like? I'm going to quote Jerry Bridges in his book, The Discipline of Grace. What does it look like to preach the gospel to yourself every single day? Well, think about it. Every single day you're going to sin. You're going to be tempted. You're going to be assailed by the devil that's going to cause doubt in your heart, a lack of assurance. You're going to be tempted to go back to that sin. You're going to be discouraged that you keep falling into sin. So you need to preach to yourself the gospel. To preach the gospel to yourself, Jerry Bridges says, then means that you continually face up to your own sinfulness and then flee to Jesus through faith in his shed blood and righteous life. It means that you appropriate again by faith the fact that Jesus fully satisfied the law of God for you. That he is the propitiation, that he is your atonement and that God's holy wrath is no longer directed towards you, but it was directed towards Christ. Get up every day preaching that to yourself. And then say, praise God. Give me that Bible. I can't wait to read it. Learn more about my Savior. To preach the gospel to yourself means that you take at face value the precious words of Romans 4, 7 through 8. Quoting Psalm 32. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven. Whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sins the Lord will not count against him. You get up in the morning, and when Satan says, there's no way God has forgiven you, you say, no, 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 no. Blessed is he whose sins have been forgiven, whose sins are covered from the wrath of God, just like Noah, how the ark of God covered Noah and his family. You are covered by the person and work of Jesus Christ. Preaching the gospel to yourself means that you believe on the testimony of God, that therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1. It means that you believe that Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for you. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Galatians 3.13. It means that you believe that he forgave all your sins. Colossians 2.13. And now presents you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Colossians 1.22. It means that you dwell upon the promise that he has removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. Guys, we need to preach these things to us every single day. And if you think that you don't need that, then you have been so blinded by pride that I am fearful for your soul. Has Christ become dull to you? Now, let me caveat here. We cannot trust our feelings. 
Christian life is filled with ups and downs. There will be days when you, your affections for Christ are on fire and there will be days when you feel dull. But in both cases, you still need to preach the gospel to yourself until it becomes sweet again. Every single day. It is the solution to your sin problems. It is the solution for the non-believer. They need to believe the gospel. It is the solution to the, to the discouraged believer. It's the solution to the wayward believer. It's the solution to, the, to the, the believer that keeps going back to their sin. They need to see Christ. You need to see him and behold his glory. Until that happens, your heart will not be moved to want to please him. Have you left your first love for other things? Three applications from this now. When we remember the gospel and preach it to ourselves, it will result in many things. But there are three fruits of this that could take place in your heart this summer. Three practical applications. So remember the gospel. But then you want your summer, you want to make the most of your summer. Pay attention to your soul. Pay attention to your soul. Everyone right now, whether they want to or not, is thinking about the way that they look. It's summer, right? And so you see this all over social media. I hear it when I'm at the gym. I hear it even in, in peripheral conversations. I'm trying to get my summer bod. I'm, work, watching on, I'm watching what I eat. It's gain season, whatever you want to call it. And all of it, I just roll my eyes and I just say vanity. All of it is vanity. It, what that means is it, it's empty. It's worthless. And so... But our whole culture is focused on preparing and, and, and building into our own lives, into our own bodies physically. And so we do everything to feed that desire. But the question is, is what about your soul? What about your soul? We get up every morning, we look in the mirror, and we attend to our physical appearance. But what about our spiritual soul? And summer is a great time to do the very opposite of the world. First, First Timothy 4, 7 says this, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, get a Y membership, it's of some value. But godliness is of value in every single way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So you may be done with classes and homework and projects, but the paying attention to your soul, the things that matter, do not come to an end. And so the good news is that Redeemer Students continues through the summer, and there are many things that you can do to take advantage of the summer to attend to your soul. And we want to help you with that, not only by having Wednesday night, not only by coming to church, but also through the most obvious one is going to summer camp. It really is. You get four days to attend to your soul. And the reasons to go to summer camp should change in your life as you get older. Right? If you're a middle schooler, why do you go? Middle schoolers go to have fun, to eat junk food, to be with their friends. Literally, I saw a sixth grader throw up blue stuff. Literally, they ate so, they literally ate so much candy. That's why they go. And then it's that memory. They want to stay up late. They want to get sick. A lot of the reasons, this is why we don't bring brand new sixth graders anymore, because literally they all get homesick and literally sick. Wake up in the morning, it's breakfast, and they have a Coke, like, for breakfast. And now I'm like, what are you doing? So that's, that's why they go. And then the parentheses off to the side is, and maybe to focus on God, right? 
Younger high schoolers, they get a little bit more mature. They go to be with their friends, maybe to meet a boy or a girl, definitely to have fun and make some memories, maybe pull some pranks, have some good laughs. But still, it's kind of like, parentheses, and yeah, I want to I grow my faith a little bit more, take it a little bit serious. I'm casting vision here, but upperclassmen, if you're still going just to have pure fun and eat a lot of candy and stay up late, probably need to grow up just a little bit. Upperclassmen go to camp to give dedicated time alone with the Lord, to help others do the same, to retreat from distractions, all the while, in parentheses, have fun. We definitely have fun. It's great. But that's not the main thing. The main thing, the main reason why we go to camp and why you need to go to camp if you haven't signed up is to attend your soul. At camp, every day, you get opportunities to worship. You get opportunities to pray. You get opportunities to put your phones away, to eliminate distractions, to hear the preaching from God's word, to make memories in small groups, to make memories staying up late. To also encourage a younger brother or sister in the faith. Perhaps you don't go to camp for yourself anymore, but you go for other people. That's a great investment. Perhaps high schoolers, you could dedicate most of your summer camp to make sure the middle schoolers are having a blast and are taking their faith seriously. Start building an ad- start becoming an adult life group leader while you are in high school. Why do, adult li- why do we as adults go to camp? It's to pour into you. You can start that now by not only going to a camp to attend your soul, but also to pour into others. And if you're not going to camp, because you can't, there's some reasons for that. One, I wish you could. I wish you could. I'm not going to shame you for that. Two, you also don't need camp to pay attention to your soul this summer. The same Jesus that's at camp is still here. We have the same word here. Attend, use this summer, make the most of it, attend to your soul. Remember the gospel and let that motivate you to say, you know what, I want to really grow in some areas in my life and I want to meet with my life group leader throughout the summer, maybe some students or do a Bible study. Whatever it is, be intentional. The second thing is this, a person that is preaching to themselves the gospel will be others-minded. Pay attention to others. Use your summer to pay attention to others. Philippians 2.4, let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others. And that's a great gospel passage anyway. And so every year, I see this in students, that as soon as summer comes, we, co- we collapse inward on ourselves. What are my plans? What am I going to do? Right? Everything's about me. Me, 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 me. And then if I have a little bit of time, I might give it to other people to be intentional. Everyone else gets the scraps. But what if rather you made a commitment that at least once a week during the summer, you go on a walk with a brother or sister just to pray or just to spend time with one another? just to catch up. Go get coffee, go hang out, spend quality time mutually building up each other. Hang out, have fun, be intentional. Use summer to not isolate yourself, but to be with people. In a few weeks, you're going to have an awesome opportunity to welcome in the new sixth graders to our ministry. They're scared. They look at you, you are giants to them. But what a privilege for you to demonstrate the love of Christ and his welcoming disposition towards sinners and how you welcome them. You get to display the gospel that you're preaching to yourself as you welcome them. It's hard to be self-absorbed when you're thinking about the good news of the gospel. 
How others focused was he? So others focused. His entire life was centered around serving others, teaching others, helping others, healing others, saving others. And the last thing in light of this, make the most of your summer by enjoying God's creation. This might seem a little odd to you, but this is completely scriptural. You need to enjoy God's creation. That includes humans and nature and everything else. I love what St. Augustine says this, African theologian in the 300s, 8300. He says this, some people, in order to discover God, read books. But there is a great book, the very appearance of created things. Look above you, look below you, read it. God, whom you want to discover, never wrote that book with ink. Instead, he set it before your eyes, the things that he had made. Can you ask for a louder voice than that? I love the attitude because it's like everywhere that we look is displaying the triune God. God is speaking to us. He's preaching to us. And he wants you to enjoy your summer, honoring him. But what, if you're getting from this, this sermon that I need to spend 18 hours a day in the word of God doing Bible study and preach and preach. You could go preaching. That's great. And praying. You're misunderstanding me. A holist, a Christian is one who enjoys God's creation creation. So here are some things and you're probably not gonna have time to write these down, but you could maybe jot notes. Pick up a book and put down your phone. For you readers that are always in books, put down your book and go pick up a friend. Literally and metaphorically. Go to their house, pick them up, and go hang out. So for some of you, books are like social media. You love books. You're always reading books. That's great. For some of you, you've never touched a book in your life. <laughs> set, set a goal to read one good book this summer. Read the Chronicles of Narnia. Re- read the Lord of the Rings. Read a book of the Bible, first and foremost. There's 66 books in there. Jude is only like 20 verses. You could read that, you know? I think you could do it. Pick up a book, put down your phone. You really want to use summer 2023. What was your summer like? Nah, I'm just on my phone a lot. That is lame. <laughs> it just is. Like, think about it. In, in terms of life, on your deathbed. Oh, summer 23, so <laughs> awesome. You know how many reels I liked? How many things I scrolled through? How about this? Jump into a pool instead of a show. Instead of a new show, jump into a pool. Jump into a river, a lake. Go have fun. Go make memories. Sit around a fire rather than a TV screen. Get people together. Be outside. Enjoy creation, even the bugs. God created them except for the mosquitoes. I don't know where they came from. Laugh with friends instead of by yourself on your YouTube channels and looking at memes. How depressing to be alone laughing to yourself at memes. Do it with other people at least. Laugh together. Like the Christian life is so enjoyable. I'm trying to give you a, a, these are, these are Christian qualities. (laughs) You need to enjoy God and his creation It's not like the the natural world is evil and only spiritual things. No, we view all of life centered around God. 
Plan a, here's another one. Plan a real adventure instead of a virtual, one, a virtual one. A real adventure together. A real road trip rather than a virtual, that's video games, one. Go build something. Anyone want to come over this weekend? I'm building a chip, chicken coop. You can do that with me. Go, no, but literally build some. What are you doing? You're demonstrating God and his creative activity. You're copying God and creating something. When you create a meal, when you bake something from scratch, that's awesome. Go build something rather than tearing others down. How about this one? Maybe you've never done this, but this might be something that you do this summer. Host someone. Ask your parents, hey, can I host people at my house? Host people, make them food, drink, and be merry. Drink soda or something like that. (laughs) I'm quoting scripture. But literally, host people, have fun, feast. We're going to be doing that in heaven, in the new heavens and new earth forever. It's a picture. It's beautiful. I mean, it's a shame that people think that it's, it's more fun to be worldly. It's not. We live the most joyful Life in Christ Jesus. Rather than being idle, host people. Sing rather than complain this summer. Sing songs, good songs. Set up a hammock or a chair. Take a nap. Rest. Enjoy. Instead of scrolling through reels, set up a fishing reel and go catch something. (laughs) That's awesome. We're fishers of men. That's what the Bible calls evangelists. And so when you're fishing, it's a good analogy for what evangelism is. Everything has a story that leads back to the triune God. Everything that you do. When you bake bread, you're like, hey, this bread's good, but Jesus is the bread of life. Like literally every single thing in this life you could do for the glory of God. Instead of watching others act like they're having a good time on social media, you can demonstrate that being a Christian is the most joyful thing on this planet this summer. You can do that. And then when people ask you, why are you having so much fun? Why are you so joyful? You say, it's because the good news of the gospel, that he has saved me, that no matter what happens, I will be with him forever. You're like, where's any of this in the Bible? Here you go. Ecclesiastes 5, 18 through 20. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given him. For this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil. This is the gift of God. For he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. Make the most of your summer. Let's keep the gospel of first importance. And then let's pay attention to our souls, to others, and let's enjoy God this summer. Father God, thank you so much for your word. You are good. You are gracious. You are kind. You, I I know that you find so much joy when you see your children enjoying creation because you created it. It's your theater. It is your display of your goodness of your beauty, of truth. Help us to become Christians that see God in everything, that we live our life before the face of God every day of our life. We love you. You're so good. You're such a good father. 
And Jesus Christ, you're such a good savior, an older brother, a prophet, priest, and king. And Holy Spirit, you are so kind to convict us of sin and show us more and more of who Christ is. Lord, we love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.